This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome, everybody, to the Hockey Think Tank podcast brought to you by the HockeyThinkTank.com, a website for all players, parents, and coaches to go to get a little bit of education and a little bit of inspiration regarding the greatest game on the planet. What an episode we have for you guys here today, especially when it comes to the education and inspiration part of our podcast as we are bringing on another guy who we think does a fantastic job of both in coach Jeremy of how to hockey. And he has built up his business, how to hockey uh, for quite some time now. And he's done an amazing job with his website, how to hockey or the pond He also has an unbelievable social media following coach Jeremy at how to hockey uh, on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, we're just really, really honored to have him on the podcast. He promotes the game and does so much great things uh, to get people into the game as well, to get them passionate about it. So uh, before we do get over to him, though, let's bring on the talent of the podcast, Jeffrey Lavecchio, who we actually have on the phone here today as we're having some internet issues down in the St. Louis, Missouri area. But Vex, how are we doing today, man? Great, man. Uh, we call this a phoner in the biz. It's a phone interview. It's called a phoner. Um, I actually stole that Glee, that joke from Glee, um, like one of the first episodes. But anyways, uh, yeah. Um, do well, man. Got back from uh, one of my pro guys, Al, Al Weidman, Alex Weidman's wedding in beautiful Cleveland. Dude, I had no idea. First of all, Cleveland is nasty. Um, it was like so perfect there. It was beautiful um unreal weather for the wedding and uh yeah man just r- really happy that i got to witness one of one of my guys weddings you know most of my guys were younger up until the last couple of years now so like to have a guy who's getting married and going to it you know it's a little bit different there you go all about relationship building man it's like one of your uh your mentees you know growing up al weidman all grown up cool. Oh, he's all grown up. Yeah. And you coached him when he was in college, right? Or I did not. I coached, Chris? I coached Chris. So I had Chris at Miami. I missed Al by a year, I believe. Oh, okay. Absolutely. I mean, both great guys, but anyways, yeah. Excited to uh, be putting this one out with coach Jeremy. This guy is an absolute beauty and a force. And I remember watching his videos really early on when he started his YouTube thing. And it was really cool to watch him grow and, and, you know, just help tons of people. Um, via YouTube and and Instagram. It's awesome. Everything we love. Yeah. He's been so good, man. He's been a great person for us to follow too, just to see like what kind of, what kind of stuff that he's doing, because you know, you and I are are kind of in this internet 
um, hockey market, if that's what you want to call it. And we both have, you know, very similar values to, to coach Jeremy here. And we just want to provide an awesome service to the game, make people a little bit better, make people a little bit more interested um, and passionate about the game. And so uh, it's been great to learn from him and it's been great to get the chance to talk to him on the podcast here about his journey and, and how he's been able to get to where he's gotten to. And, and you and I, we've talked about it all the time. We have an unbelievable appreciation for people who know how to grind and people who build their stuff up from the ground up. And uh, he tells a story in the, in the podcast. It's like the, when he started doing this, he had another job and he just wanted to, you know, kind of provide a, a, a positive service for, for the hockey community. So he started making some videos and one thing led to another and got some partnerships and all of a sudden, you know, he's, he's just absolutely boomed and uh, he's a great guy too. And uh, so just really, really fun to have him on the podcast to hear his story, uh, talk some hockey. And I think a lot of people are going to get a lot out of this one. Yeah. And, yeah. And like you said, like for both of us, and I'm sure a lot of people that, that listen, trying to help put out, you know, quality information online and, you know, whether it's free information or you're trying to build it up into a business um, either way, just like learning from somebody who's done it, like that was huge. And it was fun to listen to kind of some of the things he went through in the beginning and how he was grinding and going to the rink on free ice at 2 a.m., you know, like after hours to film things in the beginning and just real, you know, love hearing the process behind somebody who's successful, not just seeing where they're at today. Like look at peeling the, the onion back, peeling the layers back and seeing like how they got to where they are. And that was really cool. Yeah, for sure. And there's actually a story that I want to talk about that, that kind of goes along with that. And so I, I was, uh, obviously I'm in Chicago now, but we had some family in town, uh, my wife's aunt and uncle, they're from Vermont and they have some, some friends here in Chicago. So we got the chance to go over to their house for dinner last night. And the, one of the guys, uh, the guy whose house that we went to, um, just, just this man full of so much wisdom <laughs> and, uh, he's a Vietnam vet. And after dinner, um, the kids were kind of playing around and the women kind of went one way and the men went to the man cave and we just started kind of talking. And, and us young guys, we were kind of just sitting there looking at, uh, this man just kind of spew wisdom with like, just, you know, huge eyes, mouth and gape, just like taking everything in. Um, and he was talking about, even opened up a little bit about his time in Vietnam. He was a vet there. And just, uh, one of the things that really struck with me is he was saying that he was in special forces over there. And his team, as all the teams in his squadron or platoon, I'm not really sure on, on the military slang and how it works, um, but there were 31 teams of five that went over there together. And his team was the only team of the 31 teams where all five guys came back alive, uh, back to the United States at Vietnam. And so we kind of got into it and, and we were asking him some questions about it and things. And um, he was talking about how the reason why he thought that his team came back alive all five of them was number one was just like the camaraderie and the bond that they built with each other through their training you know military training is is obviously extremely tough you build just a brotherhood together you these guys literally take bullets for each other but one of the other things that he talked about that i thought was really really interesting and really really valuable i think for people to hear is that all five guys had different strengths and all five guys had no ego. And with that, there were certain times when they were out on their missions where one of the guys needed to lead and the other four needed to follow. And then there were other times and other situations that they were put in 
um, when they were in the jungle and stuff, or maybe another person needed to lead and the other four guys needed to follow based upon their skill sets and their strengths and something like that. So it was really cool to hear him talk about that experience and kind of learn a little bit from a leadership standpoint, why they were, you know, successful is probably the best word. All five of them came back uh, alive. And I just think it's another thing, like we can read all the books that we want. We can, um, we can listen to all the podcasts, but there's something about just spending some time with your elders and you, you're big on this too. I know just spending some time with your elders and just, asking them questions about their lives and how they got through some, maybe the tough stuff or certain situations that they've been in, because there's nothing like experience. And when you go through stuff and you can talk about it and, and you can, uh, for us learn from these people with all this wisdom and all these experiences, I just think there's something so valuable to that. And, uh, it was just an amazing conversation. And, uh, my buddy and I, who was there, we like, we were on the way home and we're like, that was probably the best conversation we've ever had. So for all the kids out there listening and even all the young adults out there listening, like take some time to like, listen to your elders, take some time to, to gain some wisdom from these people who've been through so many of the things that we've either been through or will be going through at some point in our lives. And, uh, it was just really, really awesome. So I wanted to just kind of lay that out there. What do you think, man? That's pretty cool. Yeah, you know, I love that. I love, I'm the guy at a, a family party or like a house party or something. And I'm like always hanging out with the oldest people there. Cause like exactly what you said, like they have gained wisdom through your experiences with us uh, and everything we want to do. And I, think, I mean, that's the exact reason why we do this podcast. It's because we have quite a bit of experience and we're just trying to help people and we have experience in like so many different facets of the game of hockey scouting coaching playing at high levels um training you know uh team team building that you do I mean, there's so many different uh experiences and that's what we're trying to do is share and obviously that guy has way more experience than you so learn from him and yeah uh, this is like why kids need to listen to their coaches that have you know some some great experiences because like you're going to do what the coaches have already been through have already done so just listening to them is going to help you so much and especially with the life stuff too not even just just hockey 100% man 100% and uh again just with that uh, vex i i know that you're um giving away huge discounts veterans it's uh it's 50% off for my whole life. So as long as I'm putting anything online, anyone who's part of a military family or first responder or teachers, doctors, nurses, all the, all those types of people, firefighters, EMTs, veterans, 50% off for them and their families. Um, and I actually just started training uh, the St. Louis Blues and the St. Louis Blues alumni have uh, Warriors, STL Blues Warriors. So it's a bunch of all, you have to be a veteran. You have to be ten, at least 10% disabled, um, could be mentally or, or physically. Um, and they have six teams. And I just started training them uh, on Sundays, donating training two hours a, a week. So really excited. And again, I'm really excited to get to know these guys. Two weeks ago was my first session. And um, then this week I was out of town, obviously, for Al's wedding. But starting back up this weekend. And uh, yeah, like you said, excited to hear their experiences. Excited to talk to them about exactly what that uh, gentlemen talk to you about like how did you get through it how did you come back when other guys don't like what did you do team bonding wise all those types of things relationship wise I'm excited to kind of you know like you always say like go out for a beer with them or 
or, or you know, nice glass of water and uh, just listen to them and, and listen to their experience and grow. I think it's so imperative and so important. So pretty cool stuff. Totally, man. Absolutely. Totally. Thank you to all of our military members, all our first responders. Uh, we love you guys. We wouldn't have what we have without you. So I think it's an awesome thing what you're doing and, uh, we really, really appreciate it. So, um, let's get over to coach Jeremy before we do have some sponsors to thank. Thank you to gel sticks, our title sponsor, uh, G E L S T X.com. Use the coupon code think tank one word to get your weighted training sticks. Thank you to train heroic Jeff's training app. Go to your phone and your app store. You can download it and look for Jeff's R I P T ripped hockey training sessions. Those have been awesome. Thank you to icehockeysystems.com. We have partnered with them to do an organizational template for your entire organization where you can get all the information you need as a coach. Uh, you can get all the information you need from a parent guidebook perspective. Uh, it's accessible to all of your coaches, all of your parents, all of your players. Uh, and it's uh, just uh, something that is extremely valuable and uh, we really recommend it. So go to icehockeysystems.com and look for the associations tab to get that. And last but not least, thank you, thank you, thank you to all of our amazing listeners. We love you guys. Uh, we appreciate all of your support. If you can, uh, please go and leave us a rating and a review wherever you're getting your podcast today. It goes a long, long way for us to help to grow this thing into a, the almost hopefully the behemoth that coach Jeremy has built his company into with how to hockey. Uh, we're really excited to bring coach Jeremy onto our podcast here. Just an unbelievably passionate guy about the game and about the people in the game. So uh, without further ado, here we go with coach Jeremy. We are so excited to have on this episode of the podcast, North of the Border, up in Ontario. We have Coach Jeremy. How are we doing today? Doing great, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming on. We uh, we really appreciate it. And uh, I think one of the things that I'm most excited to talk to you about, Jeremy, is uh, I think you just do such an amazing job of helping people to kind of fall in love with the game and learning about the little intricacies of it. And you've been doing this for a long time now. And, and I definitely want to dive into, you know, obviously how to do that. Uh, a little bit of a nice little play on words there for me. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, but I, I want to know like how you got your start and, and how you fell in love with the game. And so if you can just uh, talk to us a little bit about how you grew your passion for it and, uh, and let her, let's let her rip. Sure. I, I mean, it's, it's a funny question. Cause looking back, I always thought that just every kid grew up loving hockey. And it, it was always strange to me when I met someone like in high school later on, I was like, Oh, you want to play some hockey? And, and if they said they didn't know how, I'd be like, what do you mean? You didn't, you didn't know, know how you grew up in Canada and you don't know how to play hockey. Like what is, what is this? <laughs> and I think it's just cause I always surrounded myself with, uh, with people who played the game and I was just so involved in it that I just, I figured everyone could, could skate. Um, but yeah, it started just when I was a kid, my, my parents, uh, we had a, a farm 
when I was growing up and uh, we would go out on the pond when I was little and we'd shovel it off and uh, you know, I'd skate until my toes were frozen and uh, my dad would, I'd be crying cause my toes are so cold and he'd have to bring me in the car and, you know, warm them up in front of the, uh, the heater vent. And so, right? so that's just how it all started. Uh, my family got me into it. Uh, later on, um, my parents got divorced and then my hockey team basically became my family. So I think that's what really made the connection. Uh, it was the one thing that was always constant in my life. I could always count on, you know, practice was, you know, this time every week and games were this time uh, on the weekends. And it was something that I always looked forward to being around, uh, my friends and the camaraderie of it and stuff. That's really cool. Like I was having this conversation the other day because we're having some kids that are going to come and and bill it with our program this year. So we're looking for some billet families and, um, the, the word family, when it comes to hockey extends so much farther than just your immediate family. Right. And just, I I think maybe because hockey is a little bit nuts (laughs) in some capacities where (laughs) it gets pretty serious, pretty quick. And, um, you know, there's a lot of ups and downs and craziness that goes with it, but I, I do like, I agree. Like, family is a word that you can use with so many different people in this game, isn't it? No, absolutely. And I mean, with the, your, your teammates, you know, you're all trying to win the game or win the tournament or, you know, make the playoffs. So you all have a common goal and you you're out there and you're, you're training and getting better for your teammates, right? Like you want to do, do right by them. And, you know, you, you want them to be able to count on you and you want to score that big goal or, you know, uh, set up your teammate and if, so they can score that big goal. So there is that, that connection there for sure. Um, but you just spend so much time uh, together and it's just a great kind of place to escape. You know, like if your life or, or things are going a certain way, once you get to the rink, that all disappears and you've got at least a few, few hours where you can just uh, relax and, and just uh, get, you know, just go out there and play or, uh, or practice. Right. And I, I think especially for coaches and it doesn't matter what level your coach is at. Cause I, you know, I grew up playing a lot of just B hockey. Um, the coaches are another role, mo- role model, right. Another figure to look up to and to, uh, to guide you and, and to help you uh, on the ice and off the ice. So I think it's uh, any of the volunteer coaches out there are all, all doing a really good job uh, just by being there. I did have some coaches and that's all they did. All they did was they were there and that's about, about it. Um, but they were still there. So that, that counts for something. Yeah, I love that. And it's just, like you said, you spend so much time in hockey. I played a couple of other sports growing up, but not obviously as intense or at the levels I did with hockey. And you're on the road with your teammates and you're, you're all day playing two, three games a day when you're younger, then you're back at the hotel in the pool playing shinny hockey. Like you said, the coaches become role models too. I think that, you know, from what I've seen in other sports, uh, hockey probably the most is teaching life lessons, at least with my coaches that I had grown up constantly telling you like, this is what, you know, a, a good man does or a good woman does, you know, all those life lessons. It's so important. I think it's really cool that you said, you know, you had some hard times in your childhood, your parents get divorced and your hockey family became your, your real family. It's a constant. And I don't know how it was for you guys. I, I would guess for Tof, I know, but like my best friends in life are all my hockey friends. I didn't really hang out with my school friends that much because I was playing hockey so much, but it was great for me to be around people that were all driven all goal oriented, all working towards something. Um, uh, as opposed to, you know, my high school friends, a lot of them became like burnouts and, you know, they were kind of little, little shitheads, in high <laughs> school, you know, being idiots. And I think that that also kept me on the right track 
as far as, you know, not getting into trouble or being an idiot away from the rink. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, that's a really good point. I never really made that connection until you just uh, said that, but yeah, there, there's definitely, and I had a few friends that I played hockey with and they were kind of on the fringe and they started getting into, you know, stuff that I wasn't really interested in. And I was like, yeah, like I'm, I'm more interested in just playing hockey than doing like any of that other extracurricular stuff. I, and it's exactly it. They ended up just basically, like you said, burnouts. Um, but I did notice that for sure in, in hockey, they're goal oriented. So that's, that's a great feature that I didn't actually even think about. It is amazing, right? Like you think back now and, and, uh, we're all getting a little bit gray in our beards and, and the sides of our hair and stuff. And, and you do like, you think back about the people that kind of come into your lives at certain times, you know, maybe it was the wrong person that taught you a lesson at a time. Maybe it was the right person who was, was there to support you when you needed it at certain times. And it, you know, when you get a little bit older, you really reflect back on how important those people are and how you're nothing without, <laughs> without your support system, you know? So, yeah. um, it is very cool it, with hockey in that sense that you do form those relationships, um, and, and deep relationships, not just like shallow relationships, but deep relationships with people that have helped you to, um, get you to where you want to go. And I think that is like, both of you guys are saying one of the greatest things about our sport. And, uh, and that's why we talk about all the time, like kids that are listening to this, choose your friends wisely. It's the most important decision that you're going to make in, if you have a dream of, of doing something extraordinary, um, surround yourself with the best people and you're going to put yourself in the best position to be able to do that. And, uh, and Jeremy, you know, you've, you've over the past, however many years that you've been doing this, you've built, I'd call it an empire. <laughs> you've, you've built something that is amazing and has touched so many different people in the hockey world and has taught so many people in the hockey world about the game and allowed people to fall in love with that. Like who's your support system? Who are the people that really have helped you along your journey to build this behemoth of, uh, of how to hockey? Yeah. I mean, it's, it started as just me and a buddy, uh, my, my friend, uh, Ken, uh, we were we both had jobs at the time and I was, uh, just getting into coaching and I was looking online and I knew how to make a website and, uh, you know, I knew a bit about hockey. I grew up playing my whole life and I was looking for a good hockey website and there just wasn't a, like, there was an article here, a video there. It was kind of spread out. And I was like, man, there's not a single site where you can just learn how to shoot, how to skate, like how to stick in all the basics. And I was really surprised by that. And I was like, well, I know how to make a website. So I'm going to make this website. So me and my buddy, Ken, uh, we would just sit down after work and we'd uh, write articles and put them on the site. And then like, oh, we need some pictures. So we went out and took pictures and added those. And then I was like, I, we need some videos too. So I started embedding, uh, I was looking for videos to embed. And I was like, man, these videos are really bad. Like the, some, some of the, like, it was like expert village and it's some dude saying, well, you know, taking a slap shot is like swinging a baseball bat. And I was like, yeah, I can't, I can't put that in the article. So we went out and, went out and, and shot the videos for it too. But uh, yeah, I just started a, a, me and a, 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 my, my best friend, Ken. Um, from there it grew. And uh, obviously my family has supported me along the way. My wife has uh, always been there for me. She's never questioned uh, me quitting my job to, uh, to shoot videos on YouTube, which you know some people might think that's crazy, especially when um, you couldn't make money on YouTube when I, <laughs> you know, when I started. Um, but I, I never had the intention of making money off of this. So it's good. Like my wife never doubted me or what I was doing, always there to support me. And she's helped a lot, uh, in the later years, 
Uh, and then it just every coach that I ever, I've ever talked to, they've always been super supportive. So when I first started, I was like, man, like if I'm going to be making videos, I should, uh, like get some more experience. And there were guys that were running like, uh, power skating sessions and stuff like that. And I just asked, Hey, can I help you out on, uh, I'll, I'll work for free. I just want to come out and be around people who are teaching this type of stuff. And, you know, I'll teach a little, but also pick up a few drills from you guys. So guys like Scott Grover and, uh, Jim Vitale, um, Mike Torkoff, I was on the ice with, these are just like local instructors and stuff. Right. But oh, I guess Jim is on uh, online vital hockey skills. Um, yeah, they, they helped me out a lot. Just, you know, learning the, the ins and outs of, of training. And then, uh, in, in the later years, I got Hayden, he's, uh, sitting over here working right, right now. He's helped a lot. Uh, just take it to the next level. We're working on an app together in the, uh, the pond, uh, website. So there's been a lot of support along the way. You can't do it all on your own. That's for sure. I, I love what you said too about going on the ice and working for free for with people who are really good at what they do. And I think that's the best advice that you can give to any young aspiring coach is just put yourself out there and go shadow somebody or go work for somebody for little to no money or free. I mean, the, the education that you get uh, by doing that is incredible. <laughs> and oh, yeah. the more you network, the more you connect with people and the more you learn about the game and you're better able to coach the kids that you're with. I mean, that's, that's incredible. So Jeremy, like, um, is that something that you kind of like talk about with a lot of the people that you're mentoring now and some of the coaches that you're talking to is like, Hey, just surround yourself, like go learn, you know, it's not about making money right away. It's not about being the best coach right away. Like there's a process to, there's a process to building how to hockey. There's a process to being a good coach. And often that starts (laughs) at the bottom rung, you know? So talk a little bit about that for us. For sure. Anytime that someone reaches out to me and they're looking for advice and a lot of times, uh, because I have a, a large following online, um, they're interested in getting more followers. They want to know how to do that. Right. Uh, and it's, you know, it could be a kid that's starting a new account or a coach that is trying to get their, their stuff out there. And I said, uh, I'll always just say, as long as you're okay with never making a dime off what you're doing, then you're doing it for the right reasons. Like create content that you love, share it because you love, uh, doing it, you know, create something that you, you really enjoy the creation process. And you feel that when you put it out there, other people will love it as well. And if you do that, just that experience alone is worth it because you're enjoying the process. And if anything comes from it, then it's just gravy. Right. So as long as, uh, that's the reason they're doing it, then they can't lose. Um, and, and also they'll stay involved in the creation process. And that's pretty much it. It is. And the same thing, if you're getting into coaching and stuff, uh, do it because you love it. Uh, do it because you have something to share. You have a passion and you want to pass that on to the next generation. Right. Uh, especially for, for coaching, uh, kids can see, you know, if you love the game and you have that great experience and you want to create that same great experience for the next generation, they're going to see that they're going to experience that. And then when they grow up, they're going to want to do the same as well. So, you know, you're creating other leaders and you're creating more coaches so that the game can continue to be, you know, the best sport in the world. I love what you say that. And and that's one of the reasons, honestly, that I, I love watching Vex do what he does. Like he puts so much of himself and so much passion into, into what he does 
that like the kids that he's coaching or has in the weight room, you, you can't help but not love what you're doing too. <laughs> I think that's the, the best thing that you can do as a coach is just love what you do. Cause that is something that just by osmosis is going to help your kids to develop that passion for it too. And I think Jeremy, like you've done such a great job with that as well and built a lot of your following because you can tell that it's authentic and you can tell that you love what you do and, and you don't do it for the wrong <laughs> reasons, you know? And, and that's just such an admirable trait and, and Vex, like for you, you know, have you seen that in your gym? Like, I'll put you on the spot here a little bit, you know, like you're developing people who are building bigger muscles and stuff like that. That's kind of like the goal is to make them bigger, faster, stronger. But at the end of the day, that's only like a byproduct of love that you put into what you do. Yeah. I mean, you and I talk about it all the time, but I think it's like you said, if you have a passion for it, people I truly believe in this. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So like the more, I'm only caring about your client or the people you're working with, the people you're coaching with. If you're a captain on a team, the, the captain letting his teammates know the fourth line guy, how much you care about him, then that fourth line guy will listen and buy in more. I mean, it, the more that you care about the people you're working with and the more you care about what you do, the more people believe in, in you believe in what you're doing, buy into what you're doing. And then they're going to, they're going to give it a hundred. And, you know, I say this all the time. There's a million ways to skin a cat, you know, uh, why is how to hockey as big as it is? Honestly, probably believe part of it is because of the passion that, that coach Jeremy obviously exudes in every single video. I mean, how long have you been doing it now? On it's, YouTube? Uh, it's over 10 years. Right. I, I remember watching you like when I probably first like, got on YouTube and, and, you know, popped up right away. I'll give you this. And right away I was like, man, like this guy, like, I, I don't even know if you're making money. And the first videos I remember watching, you know, years ago, and it was just like, this guy's got something like he's, he's got passion. He's showing everyone these little details. He obviously cares. And then that made me buy into you and then listen to what you were saying more. And I think it's coaching business, life, hockey, you, it doesn't matter. The more passion you have, the more you're going to care, the more people realize you care, the more they care, Mm -hmm. you know, and then you get a hundred percent out of whatever you're doing. Definitely. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I mean, and if, if you love doing it, then it's just, you you know, you're not really working, right. It makes it a lot easier to, to keep creating the content. So, and, and when you love doing it too, you work through the struggle part of <laughs> building what you build too, because, you know, you've built this thing now, Jeremy. Um, but I have to imagine that it, well, you said 10 years. I mean, I can't imagine the first couple of years were easy. <laughs> you know, you had to be consistent with what you did and you had to make sure you're putting things out there and, you know, good content to great content and all that kind of stuff. So take us through maybe some of the beginning ups and downs of, of building what you've built, because you, you can't, you can't achieve what you've been able to achieve without the love in it. And that love permeates through those tough times, especially to help you get through it. Yeah. I mean, for me, so I, I, I was, you know, had a, a job and all that. So I was fine. I was like, I just want to make some hockey videos. Uh, the whole point of the website originally was just to, uh, give people a place to learn the basics. So all I really wanted to do is have, you know, articles on all the basics for shooting, stick handling and skating and passing. Uh, and then I, it was just going to sit there and I was just going to continue on, you know, coaching and, and doing that stuff. I, I didn't have a plan to do it like as to make money. Basically it was uh, supposed to just be kind of like, um, a hobby. 
right? A, a side thing that I was doing for fun. Um, so, you know, me and my buddy got together and uh, we would try to find, you know, cheap ways to get on the ice. We, we were friends with a Zamboni driver. He worked at the, say, at the hotel my friend was working at. Um, and he would flood the ice at like midnight. And he said, yeah, you guys can come out, uh, anytime after midnight and shoot videos. So we'd show up to the ring sometimes at midnight and we'd shoot until like 3 a.m. 3 a.m. Uh, to create the, the videos that we wanted. So we got free ice, which was nice. Um, we just found like little, little tips like that. And in the winter time, we just shoot on like an outdoor pond that was frozen. Um, and after we got everything that we sort of needed for the site, people kept on asking, Oh, what about this? And what about that? And, you know, Oh, can you like give more detail on this? So we just go through the comments and just, okay, our next video should be this or next video that. And, and we just kept thinking of, uh, new ideas of, of stuff that we could share that could help people out. Uh, so yeah, we just uh, kept on creating. And then, um, as, as I guess, uh, we continued to create, it started taking more and more and more of my time. Uh, and I realized at, at a certain point, I was like, man, I might be able to do this as like a full-time uh, thing as I created some partnerships with uh, hockey shot and different hockey companies. And I saw, uh, opportunities to make money at first. I was like, ah, I don't really want to. Um, but when I realized that if I did make that leap to create hockey content full-time, uh, I could spend all of my time doing it. And I was like, you know what? I think that's definitely the, the way to go. Uh, even if I, so at the time I would, I was taking a pay cut to create the hockey content. Uh, I gave up what I was doing, uh, and went full in on the hockey. Uh, but I'm glad I did never looked back, never doubted it, never, you know, regretted it at all. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's gone really well since then. I love, I love hearing that a couple things stand out to me there. One, working a full-time job and you're going to the rink at midnight to 3 a.m. to pursue your, your side hustle, your, your side passion and stuff like that. I, you know, so many people, for me, it's like with my, my training company, it's like, well, how do you, you're, you're so lucky you work with this many athletes, but I'm like, lucky, lucky. Like, yeah, you see where I'm at today. People see where you're at today. Like, it's great to hear, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, you're barely sleeping, if sleeping at all, going to a hockey rink at midnight to shoot hockey content on doing something that pretty much had not been done yet. Didn't know like what was going to come of it, but you love doing it. So you put in that time, you put in that effort, you put in that grind and, and now it's, it's, it's obviously paying off big time. But like, so everyone, you know, and I want to, you know, uh, um, translate that to what I hear from parents all the time with junior hockey. You know, you only get one shot at this hockey thing, at this hockey career, trying to do something, whether that's making it to juniors, making it to college, making it to pro, whatever it is. And kids and their parents are like, well, wow, he's got to go to school. I'm like, man, like school will always be there. You get one shot at this hockey thing, like put everything you can into it, all of your effort, all of your energy, all of your passion. If it's something you love, you know, you're not going to go wrong. And even if you don't make it, you're going to learn so many lessons along that journey. Like I'm sure before you started making, you know, a good amount of money from this stuff, you probably learned so many lessons, how to get better at YouTube, how to get better at shooting content, how to, how to start creating partnerships. So you had no idea how to get a partnership with a big company from shooting hockey videos until you just started doing it. You just went out and you did it. And then it became successful. Like you learn on the fly. That's all part of it, but it started with you putting your nuts on the line 
and going and doing it, going to a rink at midnight. Like it's crazy. I absolutely love hearing that. I appreciate that. And the funny thing is like, to me, it, it didn't feel like I was doing anything out of the ordinary. I'm like, Oh, well, yeah, there's, there's ice. Why, why wouldn't we go shoot? Like it, that it, it didn't seem, it didn't feel extreme or like, I was, it was like, yeah, this is just what we're going to do. You know, <laughs> it's just, yeah, that, that is the obvious path to take. Um, how many people chirped you? How many people were like, what do you, you know, obviously you'll get to say names. Like how many people are like, what is this guy doing? Like the naysayers, I'm sure you've had a lot of them. And how did you deal with that? I'd say uh, like locally, I, I got a lot of support. I mean, I didn't really tell anyone what I was doing. So the only reason, the only way they'd really find out is if um, they saw us filming uh, anyone who like witnessed it, they were like, Oh, nice. Like, what are you up to? Oh, this is cool. And they, they give us a follow. Um, you know, I'd say oh, I'm just teaching people how to play hockey, uh, making YouTube videos. I'd say the, the, the only um, naysayers or the, the haters, the odd time there would be uh, someone online. And it, I, from my experience, it seemed to be a coach that, uh, knew more than me, uh, according to them. And, you know, this is the only way to do it. And everything you're saying is wrong and you're hurting people's, uh, you know, you're, you're hurting people more than you're helping them or something like that. For whatever reason they just had, um, they didn't like a certain word. It would be like one way I described one thing. And I'd look at the, here's the thing is before I taught something, I'd be studying NHL footage. I'd be seeing what the pros are doing. I'd take what I was taught. I would test that against what I'm seeing in the game today. And I would usually go out and test things as well. Like before I taught how to, you know, improve your shot power, I got a radar gun and I'd be testing it to make sure, okay, let's see, let's try this. Let's do this. Does this work? Does this doesn't work? Let's see what, what uh, Chara and Weber are doing in the hardest shot competition. Uh, so I would, you know, there, there's, I battle test stuff before I taught it. So whenever there was a comment or, or a hater, I'd be like, okay, they just have a different opinion and uh, they're pretty, pretty um, in, enthusiastic about it. But I'd say that that was kind of the, uh, the only reason. And I would just, you know, I'd, I'd listen to them. If they had something good to offer, something I could learn, I'd, I'd accept it. And if not, I'd be like, okay, well, this is your opinion, man. <laughs> and then too, like, even further into that, because I think this is something, you know, we get a lot of kids that listen to, the, to our show. Um, like, how do you, what's your, say you put out a video on YouTube or Instagram and you get a couple of negative comments. Mm -hmm. You know, this is something that I've seen affect kids uh, yeah. uh, pretty hard. And like, even my girlfriend, my girlfriend has a couple hundred thousand followers on Instagram. She's an influencer and she'll have, you know, 500 positive comments and she'll have that one comment of somebody being, you know, yeah. just, a, just a donkey. And that's what she's focusing on. She's not that's focusing the one that on the, the, the yeah. other 500. She's focusing on the one. And I, and I see that with kids and I see that, you know, with social media and now everyone's on TikTok and Instagram and whatever the hell is going to be the next social media. Like, how do you personally deal with that? And do you have any advice to these kids who are kind of dealing with those types of things? Yeah, I, I think it would be hard if you had something go viral, like, you know, relatively unknown, and then something does really well, because that's when the hate comments come when people outside of your support circle, start seeing your stuff. For me, I kind of just worked my way up slowly. It's been like a, you know, a 10 year grind. Um, so the first hate comment, I was like, Oh, that's interesting. Like, I wonder what this person's, you know, and I, I would just like, sometimes I would private message people like, Hey, I just saw your comment. Just one like to, to see what's going on. Um, and pretty much every time, uh, I'd say a hundred percent of the time when I used to do that, I don't, do, I don't bother anymore. 
it was all they had some personal experience completely outside of what I was doing. And that gave them a negative feeling towards what I, so it was like, it's something else in their past that they built up this hate and then they see this and it's kind of like triggering that and, and they let it out online. It was very interesting as I, like, Oh, okay. So it's it really, that doesn't have anything to do with this. That's just cause they, they, some people would share their backstory and, and, yeah. So I think there's just some people that are just bitter <laughs> or they're just, they have hate and it has really nothing to do with uh, what you're posting. They, they just have hate and they want to put it out there. So the best thing you can do is it just ignore it, but obviously it's hard to ignore. Um, but yeah, it's, don't take it personally. It's not really about you. It's about them. That's so true. I mean, you talk to even like psychologists about that stuff when, uh, you know, you, you get some negative stuff coming your way. Like it's never, even the bullying, right? Bullies, it's not about you. It's about something that they're insecure about that they need to lash out because they don't feel good about themselves. And so I I do think that that for the kids that are listening, that's something that's really important to kind of hear is that like, if you are getting some stuff your way, it's, it's not about you. (laughs) Yeah. The other person's insecurities. (laughs) I will add one thing is that sometimes uh, they do have something uh, that sometimes they're right about, you know, something, but they just choose to say it in such a uh, terrible way. Yeah. So I do look for that, like, okay, like, are they actually right? Like if someone's tearing me apart on something, I'll be like, I'm looking for the information. Is there any usable information there? Um, and I'll try to separate that from however they chose to deliver that message. Because uh, there, there is sometimes where I'm like, okay, yeah, they, they're kind of right about this one thing. And um, I'll take that into account. But I'm, I'm going to not use the, the hate that they included with that. So. I want to take that a, like a step further. In fact, you and I have talked a little bit about this too. Like the, the people that really grind my gears on social media are the ones that want to be known as an expert. And so they, they post in that way where it's not even necessarily like I'm providing value to you by teaching you something. That's, that's not what they're doing. They're saying something to make themselves sound smart, Yes, (laughs) you know? And so I think I don't, I'd love to get your opinion on this. And if you've seen that a lot, because um, the, the people that I've gotten into it with on social media, that's kind of why it's calling them out on like, dude, like you're not actually providing something for people here. You're just trying to like build your brand of being the smartest know-it-all in the freaking room. And it's like, just stop. We can see right through that. You know? Yeah. Well, and I, I can see from like, from what you share on Twitter, it's like super in-depth stuff and you're trying to focus on something specific and this is how you see it. And, and they might choose what you, uh, chose to admit something that you didn't mention and they'll build on that, that, Oh, and this, 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 right. They're just trying to add um, something, but actually, yeah, just make themselves look smart. So, I mean, I guess in a way it, it's, it's good that they have something to add as long as they're doing it in the right way. Um, totally. It, it, in that sense, I would just say, you know, Oh, thanks for sharing. Or it, it depends on how they're delivering it. Cause I have had that where they're trying to make it look like I didn't know something or, or, you know what I mean? And I'm like, Oh yeah, that's good. We'll focus on that in a different video or I'll make sure to touch on that. Um, you know, or yes. 
And I, or, you know, yes, that's correct. And the, like, I was kind of talking about this though, right. It's just a, a certain way. I like to do things diplomatically. You know, I always try to include everyone <laughs> and not really tear anyone down. Um, but the odd time you, you kind of got to. It is, sure. it is so true too. Like we like the banter, you know, yeah. like I like it when people can teach me something. Like if I put a video out there and somebody sees it in a different way, I love that. Like, I think it's yeah. great, but it, like you said, the, you know, how you do it, <laughs> sometimes there's, there, there's a way to do it where you're not putting somebody down and like saying yeah. you're actually dumb for having this opinion. Um, it's like, no, let's just, let's have a conversation about it. <laughs> I do not mind being challenged. It's yeah. a great way to learn. And there are people out there are very knowledgeable. Not one person can know it all. So if someone wants to challenge something, I, I usually uh, invite it and say, Oh, like, and I'll just ask for more details. And I think some people, they like, I don't mind sharing the platform. If, if someone counters uh, something, I will usually inquire. And the second message is when you find out if the person actually has something to share or is just being a jerk, right? The, it's the second one when you've acknowledged them and said, oh yeah, could you like share some more about that? That's interesting. At that po- point, you've either defused them and now they're actually going into like their helpful mode versus just trying to sound smart or like cut you down. Or they'll just be like, uh, F you, you idiot. And then they're like, oh, yeah, cause so he's just a jerk. And then you just delete that one and you move on, right? I love that. I've encountered that many times. Yeah, there's like such a better way to doing it. Like it, for anybody listening who is one of these commenters on, on because you're, you're, you're wanting to add to what, you know, Coach Jeremy or Tobe's doing on Twitter or whatever. I think that if you, for, if you phrase your tweet or Instagram, whatever message, like in a form of a question, it's probably going to be received way better by the poster. Hey, what do you, that's great. Hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about this style? What if the D man did this instead of no, because like (laughs) guys, you got, you got to understand (laughs) Twitter and Instagram. You're limited to time to characters. Like you can't write and people have an attention span of a walnut. You also can't put things on there that are 10 minutes explaining every little intricacy of everything you're talking about. You're trying to help people in as little amount of time as possible and keep their attention so they can actually learn from you. It's not easy trying to put out stuff like that and genuinely trying to help people. So if you're going to add something, like just think about, well, if I posted this, like how would I want someone to interact with me instead of somebody being like, no, <laughs> you're an idiot. You know, it's like, I had, I had one where I was doing a bunch of work with uh, the hockey players club, big Instagram account. And yep. uh, they posted, I, I were, I trained Trent Frederick who's with the Bruins and he was all up in PK Subban's kitchen at the beginning of the year and was all over it. And on a video, I was like, Oh, like I love Freddie. He's a killer. And then these people just start chirping me out of the woodwork. Oh, you loser. You didn't make it in hockey. Sick. Oh my gosh. I, it was the one time I'm a little embarrassed, but I'm also not. I snapped and I was like, all yeah. right, buddy, you're tough. You're so sweet. You're so <laughs> tough. I will fly you to St. Louis. I will get you all brand new equipment <laughs> and I'll give you, I think I said, and I'll give you a thousand dollars if you last 10 minutes on the ice with me. And the guy, <laughs> delete, the guy deleted his Instagram account. So <laughs> I wasn't happy that I did it, but I did kind of feel good that I threw some pushback that, that guy's way. That's what I'm so what I mean though is, is sometimes you do got to go off the odd time, the not, not, you can't, uh, you know, feed the trolls every time, but once in a while you just got to, okay, that's enough. If I think Brad Marchand does it even sometimes, you know, and <laughs> you just got to wait for that perfect moment. The odd time you, you set them in place. I, respect it. I love it. 
Very cool. Very cool. Well, Jeremy, um, I, there was a couple pieces of content that you've put out there that I, I think myself and, and a ton of other people really, really enjoyed that I'd love to ask you about. And I'm sure you've, you know, fielded a ton of questions on this one, but when you put out uh, Mason mic'd up, uh, that was, I mean, it went viral very quickly because it was unbelievable. So take us a little bit through your, your mindset in wanting to do that. Like, is it something that you, you heard him on the ice and you started to chuckle a little bit? bit. They're like, we just gotta, we just gotta document this. Maybe it was just for us, just for our entertainment value. And then you put it out there, but you know, what was the genesis of that? How much fun did you have doing that? And then, uh, what was the reaction like after you did it? It must've been nuts. Yeah. I mean, it was a complete mystery to me. Uh, what drew me to, to do it was just, you know, playing with them or like walking by his room while he was playing with his toys and hearing him say just like the most random stuff. And I'm like, where does this kid come up with this stuff? Like what is going on in his head? Uh, he's such a random, curious uh, <laughs> uh, kid. So then I'd be at practice and I'd be watching him and, and, you know, he'd be doing his thing and he'd skate up to his coach or like skate by a player. And, and I could see that he's saying something. I'm like, I wonder what he's saying. Cause I know it's nothing to do with hockey. Um, right. He, 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 he wasn't exactly uh, focused on doing the drills, you know? So after, you know, a handful of practices, I'm like, you know, I got, I got the equipment. I should just throw a mic on him and just, you know, see what he's saying. And then I was like, well, if I'm going to put a mic on him and figure out what he's saying, might as well record it too. And, uh, if, if it's funny, I'll throw something on like Instagram or, you know, do a quick clip just to, to share something like that. So I, I put it off and put it off and put it off and it was near the end of the season. And I was like, okay, well, I, I sh- if I'm going to do it, I should probably do it now. Otherwise I, I, I'm going to miss the whole season. So I just threw a mic on him, grabbed the camera, recorded, threw it on my computer uh, and I'm going through it. And I was just like laughing <laughs> and I had no idea that he talks so much. I figured I'd get one or two sound bites where like he skated by his coach or he said something about juice boxes to his, his friend or something. Right. Um, but I didn't know that he was just nonstop talking to himself as he's going through. And I was like, man, this is like, this is gold. I, I got to put this on YouTube. Uh, so I, I threw it up and I figured hockey players would like it. And like hockey parents would find it cute and it would be like, you know, a, a nice video. Uh, yeah, it just went nuts. Uh, basically anyone who ever was a kid or had a kid liked it. <laughs> so it was in the news in like Sweden and stuff. And uh, it, it went, uh, it, it took off a lot more than I thought it would. That's for sure. It was so cute. Like I have a four-year-old right now and, uh, I'm like, man, if I did the same thing with her, the stuff, the gems that I would get oh, <laughs> from for sure. doing that. A lot of, uh, like NHL teams were following suit and, and miking up kids that they're like learn to skate programs and stuff like that. So it was oh, cool really? to see. Yeah. And, and a video recently went viral with uh, a guy that mic'd up his, uh, his daughter while she was skiing. And then in the interview, my brother sent me the, the interview. He's like, Hey, I saw this and thought that he was ripping you off. And then in the re- interview, he said that he saw a hockey player that was mic'd up. He's like, he definitely like, I, it's, it's cool to see like in, in, I don't know, inspiring a new type of content, I guess. Yeah, that was, uh, that was awesome, man. And, uh, the other thing we wanted to, to ask you about is a very good friend of the show here, uh, Adam Nicholas. So you got the Great chance guy. to, to go and, and do some stuff with him and, and how yeah. was your time and, uh, hanging out with the big cat and learning from him out on the ice? He he's next level. I tell you, like he was up right in the morning. All right, let's hit the road. And we're just going from rink to rink to rink. And he's like, I'm going to skate, you know, like we got a girls team here. I've got under, you know, 15 here. I've got, these are my elite guys that are coming on. Now we're going to head over to this, this rink and we're going to skate the, uh, the NHL. Yeah. Jack Eichel's coming out and 
along with like, you know, 15 other pro guys. And then, you know, a quick bite of a uh, bite to a food. And then we head to the next rink and the next rink and the right next. And then he's back home at like 8 PM. And uh, the guy, his knowledge is just, he, he's so good. And that, and that's why I, I reached out to him uh, himself and uh, Daryl Belfry. I just saw how they, uh, put things out online and how they analyze things that they're, they're really thinking the game and questioning everything. And that's sort of, uh, I like to take that same approach, but at the more beginner level, like I'm trying to get people into the game. Uh, if they, you know, have that drive and motivation and passion and they want to make it to the next level and they're kind of at that, then they can go on to, you know, Adam Nicholas and learn that, you know, really intricate detailed stuff. But yeah, I, I saw how he thought the game and, and what he was sharing and how uh, passionate was about it. And I reached out to him and he said, yeah, come on, come on down to uh, Boston. And I, I drove there for, stayed for, uh, I think two or three days and shot some great content with him. So he's uh, yeah, he's, he's a great hockey teacher for sure. And great, great instructor and coach. Great guy too. <laughs> And he is a, uh, what is it? Cold brew. What did, what did he have? How many ounces of coffee did he have the last time that he came on Vex? It, it doesn't fit on the screen. If I, <laughs> yeah, he, he did like his, uh, I think he was just getting into cold brews there or maybe it was his, uh, regular. Um, but yeah, he, he, he has, he's got the routine. He's got it all down. You know, it's exactly what he's doing. He, he cares about the details and, uh, he's, he's constantly evolving and, uh, super passionate, uh, guy and, yeah. Anyone who's working with them, um, they're, they're lucky to be working with a guy like that. That says a lot about a guy too. Like if you ask any player about the coach they're working with, that kind of tells you, you know, like, like we talked about earlier, is the guy passionate and, and a big thing to getting the most out of your coaches. Do you buy into them a hundred percent? And then whatever they're doing, as long as they're not have any type of knowledge at all, you're going to get more out of them. If you buy into a hundred percent, that we've ever talked to that's worked with Adam Nicholas is like, Oh my God, this guy's made me so much better. And that's oh, yeah. always, that's always been really, really cool to hear. And yes, he, he should have a Dunkin' Donuts sponsorship because he, <laughs> main, he mainlines that stuff. <laughs> He'd have an IV if he could. Right. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Well, Jeremy, we've had you on here for, for quite some time now. Um, but before we let you go, we do want to ask, uh, about one of the projects that you're working on right now. And I got the chance to go in and check it out. And, and it's awesome for people who are looking, just like you were talking about, to learn a little bit more about the game and the fundamentals of it, uh, the pond. It's an, it's an amazing resource uh, for players and, and coaches alike. So if you can just uh, talk to our listeners a little bit about what the pond is, how it came about, and, uh, and where they can find it. I uh, appreciate it. Yeah. The pond for me was, uh, you know, a place where anyone could learn how to play hockey. It doesn't matter, uh, your skill set, your age, uh, the pond is just an, an open area to, to learn and improve your game. It's not about being elite. It's just about falling in love and, and bettering yourself. Uh, so I wanted to bring that mentality to, uh, online. So we did the, the pond, uh, online. So it's the pond.howtohockey.com. It's a, a membership site. So you do got to pay, but that allows me to uh, continue to keep uh, Hayden employed and, and improving the site and adding more <laughs> content to it. Uh, the whole idea there is to create something that is super organized and well-structured. So we're going to start right at the bottom. And this is everything you should know. Once you have worked on that, you level up and this, this all connects to what's below it. Right. So it's a, a structure, uh, start with the basics. Now work on this, now work on this, now work on this. So we're doing everything. Um, your intro, your level one, level two, level three, that's for stick handling, shooting, uh, passing. And as we continue to build, we'll get into the intricacies of how to combine skills and uh, a word that Adam Nicholas uh, is passionate about is skill blending. 
right? So we're starting with all the individual skills you know, we're going to teach you how to shoot and how to skate. And it's going to be step-by-step step. and whatever level you're at, you can kind of find where you need to be. And then uh, once we uh, build this up more, we're going to get into the skill blending of like, you know, how to shoot and skate and how to stick handle shoot and, you know, how to mix those skills together. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just a, an easy place to kind of go step-by-step, um, step, learn everything very well organized. And it's, it's a live uh, membership course. So we do, we're continuing to add content to it. And uh, yeah, the, the idea is just to be a one-stop shop where people can learn everything and also create a community where uh, people are super uh, supportive. So we have a private Facebook page and uh, people will post when they score their first goal of the season or, you know, something new that they've learned. Uh, there was a kid that was struggling to lift his shot. He's, he's posting videos. Everybody's giving him tips. And, you know, Hayden and I uh, would record a quick little, okay, I see you're doing this. Why don't you try this? And, you know, a week later, he's super pumped because he finally lifted the puck. Right. So it's, it's just that kind of support that we got going on in there as well. Funny story so cool. about that. For, that is so cool. But I have a funny story about this. It goes to uh, the sarcasm of, of some people at times. So I remember in a practice at Cornell, uh, I had what I like to call an elite muffin of a shot. Uh, not not the greatest shot in the world. And I, uh, in practice, I scored a couple goals during some drill or whatever. And I came back and one of my assistant coaches, who's like one of the funniest people, he actually like taped the puck took the puck he taped it and he put Toph's first lift and he put it in my <laughs> stall <laughs> i was like geez <laughs> it was really funny but it was also like god is my shot that bad oh my god but anyway oh, that's, you, you gotta love the roasts right <laughs> it's yeah. part of hockey yeah and vax jeremy just teed you up for one of your like with what he was talking about, one of your favorite sayings. Go ahead, I do knew, it. I knew you're gonna go ahead. Still blending progressions. I ah, knew you were gonna turn progression, regression. No, but I, lo- I love that, <laughs> Adam. I mean, Adam Nicholas has always talked about that. I was gonna say, like, what you're what you're building there and what you're doing. Like, that's so cool, Jeremy. You know, that's so many times, like guys, and, and I'm sure you see this all the time. You get messages all the time guys want to do what the NHL players are doing. All right, man, you're seven. You can't do what the NHL players do. You got to do what that NHL player was doing when he was seven, eight, nine, you got to yep. learn that. Then you build to the next one. Then you build to the next one. And then like we had Adam Nicholas on probably about a month ago now talking about the Chicago steel and what they were able to do this year. He talked about building on skills and then blending and how important the blending is and not just always separating the skills. So I think that's really important and really cool for anybody listening to go check out what, what, what coach Jeremy's doing, because blending is super important. You can toe drag a cone all day long, but if you don't know how to toe drag a cone as you're going around a D man and then shoot the puck, that toe drag means nothing. It means nothing. You've got to blend it into the next skill that you're going to use in a real game. So that's really cool that you're adding that feature. I think that's really, really smart of you. So, so right now we got all like, we're doing individual skills. Uh, later on, we'll get into the, the blends. Uh, just for anyone listening, if they're expecting like that elite level Adam Nicholas stuff, it's not in the, in there yet. We're at, we're starting at, um, we're teaching everything individually. We have, we do have a bit of, um, combining movements, but we're not at, um, on ice, uh, 360 toe drags around defenseman yet, <laughs> but building it, building it. We're, yeah, we're, we're building towards it. That's, that's the whole thing. And, and just like you said, uh, you know, a lot of coaches, We'll spend a full practice on a breakout, but no one on their team can make a straight 
pass, like a proper pass. And that just shows if the breakout fails the first three times and it's because no one can make a pass, you should be working on the passing and not the breakouts. And if your kids can't cross over or do a transition from backwards to forwards, you know, still shouldn't be working on that breakout until, you know, you work on the individual skills and then work on combining the skills and then, and then work on uh, putting those skills into some sort of strategy or tactic. Uh, there's that progression I think is lost in, in, I haven't really seen it addressed uh, even in, you know, organizations um, like uh, I mean, I don't want to call out hockey Canada, USA hockey, but uh, when I first got into coaching, it's like, okay, here's a, a binder full of drills this thick. And this is what you should be working on. And I was like, okay, well, I've got an Adam team and half these kids are far below these drills and a few of them are far above it. So it's like, I can't really apply this binder to this team. Um, if there was a way to uh, sort of see what level they're at and just work from there, right? I need to find like the benchmark and then just work up from that benchmark, um, know what to do next, kind of learn how to stack things on top of each other. And so that's the whole idea here. Um, the end goal, it might take a few years for me to get it fully flushed out, but that's the thing is just uh, to be able to quickly recognize um, what skill level you're at and exactly the next thing that will challenge you. Uh, Cause that's the thing. You don't want something that's too challenging. Like you said, like a eight year old trying to do NHL drills, you want something that is just, just beyond your reach so that, you know, you can see it. You're not quite there right when you get there. Okay. What's next. What's just beyond your reach and then build on that. Um, and yeah, that, that's, that's the way to go. And then once you get to the elite level, uh, like working with Adam Nicholas, I think it's about reading uh, and also manipulating, right? So there's a, there is a point where you shouldn't be using pylons. And I think it's, it's pretty early on where, you know, you've got that skill, uh, you can do it, but in a game, it might just disappear because things are different. You need to be able to react and, and see, okay, how is a, a person positioned? Where are their feet? Where's their stick? How are they moving? And you recognize that movement and that will, uh, you know, cue which, which, uh, move or skill you're going to use there. Uh, you're not going to get that if you're just going against uh, pylons the whole time. I mean, that doesn't happen. Story. That doesn't happen in a game. What? <laughs> People are moving in the game. What? Yeah, <laughs> it's it's just, it's another skill set. It really is. It's you can be a really good practice player, but the ability to uh, to understand the timing of you know and, and to read and kind of formulate a strategy off of the movement of another player that you're going against. Uh, that's a whole other skill set. And if you're only ever going against inanimate objects, you're not really going to build that in your, I mean, you're just not going to build it. So for sure. And the timing part of that is everything. Like for, yes. for me, I've been talking a lot about that lately because, you know, getting into the youth level, it's one of the things that I see is such a big deficiency in so many players that are coming up nowadays is that the timing aspect, they're, they're too far ahead, too far behind. Usually it's too far ahead <laughs> right? because they've been conditioned to work, 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 fast, 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 fast. Well, like yeah. hockey is fast and slow. You got to be able to kind of do both. And when you can incorporate the skills and the fundamentals that you're talking about into that, that's when you kind of hit gold. And, uh, and I think it's amazing. And, and Jeremy, like even the NHL players at the highest level and the best, like go watch them practice in the summers. What are they doing? Fundamentals, simple stuff, fundamentals, yeah. simple stuff 
over and over and over and over and over again. And you're right. Like you, you walk into some of these rinks with some of these youth teams and you see, you know, people trying to split the atom and, and try to create some crazy system or whatever. And it's like, no, like they have to be able to execute on just the little things first yeah, <laughs> and second trust. and third and fourth. And then, you know, 15th, then we can start talking about <laughs> the, the X's and O's of it. My, my brand is how to hockey. And, and I want to teach people how to hockey, right? <laughs> I've searched for that secret. I've, I've studied all the pros. I want to know that thing that I know and no one else knows. And, and that is it. It's that the pros just do the simple stuff better than anyone else out there. Cause I have like studied tape over and over. What's the secret thing that they're doing. They're not doing anything secret. They're just doing uh, a, they can skate which is a simple, they can cross over, they can transition, they can just carry the puck down the ice. They're just doing that faster, stronger, better than anyone else. And that's, you know, 99% of the game. And then on top of that, you can have a guy like Patrick Kane, who's going to do a, a, a 360 backhand and put it, tuck it just under the bar and just above the goalie's shoulder. I mean, that's elite, elite, but there's a bunch of guys in the NHL that could never do that. <laughs> maybe against men's league players they could uh they could pull it off but not not at the pro level right so it's it really is just hammering out the fundamentals and doing it better than anyone else um but yeah un- understanding how to do that and how to play against their players and i think uh getting to the elite level then you start to learn how to manipulate players and and once again you can't do that against the pylon right to teach a player how to move a puck and do a crossover so it shifts the defenseman in this position and moves their stick in that position so that they know that's going to happen when they do that. So, and then they're going to do that. They're one step ahead. Right. And that's, that's something that you can't teach uh, against uh, buckets or nets. So they're at some point they do have to get to that, but they have to learn all the fundamental stuff first. Uh, so I'll leave that to the, the guys like Adam to, to th- teach that. <laughs> I think when we had Daryl Belfry on our podcast a few months ago, um, for anybody listening, hasn't heard that one. I think it's our most downloaded, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Daryl Belfry, hopefully yeah. how to hockey is up there as well. <laughs> uh, I, I think he used the word influence. You influence. want to influence what everyone else on the, on the ice is going to do right. by what you're doing. And that's through manipulation, through deception, right. through things like that. And I love that word because, you know, uh, something I've learned in the gym is it's not what I say as the coach. It's how the players take what I say. So like, I need to find words that make sense to them. And, you know, they all know what an influencer is now. (laughs) So I think that that, that, that helps, you know, like I want, I want you to influence what that defenseman is seeing. So you're looking like you're going left. So he's going to follow you there, but then you're going right. And and that manipulation, deception, influence, it's so important. And if you're constantly only going against cones, you're not getting that, or you at least got to pretend that cone is somebody and influence so that pretend that cone is is somebody else like take it to that next progression blend it if you will yeah cones yeah for for sure like if if you're a player and you're finding yourself that you know the practice is a lot easier to run if you're going against if you just set up some some cones and stuff so i do see why coaches use them for sure it's it's good easy to set up the ice but a player for sure can uh use their their mind gym right and okay (laughs) I'm going to imagine this is what's happening. And just through dynamic imagery, it's going to activate that part of the brain anyways. Uh, so it will be better than just mindlessly going through the cones that, that definitely will help. So that's a way that a player could uh, get the most out of that ice session um, by being creative and uh, dynamic imagery. I love it. Dynamic imagery. I've never heard of that before. That's pretty cool. 
it's uh it, it's been shown so the uh like olympic athletes they're at the top of the mountain about to go through the the course right and they're up there and they're kind of they're working their way through the motions and in their mind they're going down the hill but they're also shifting uh as if they're going around each each obstacle and uh it's shown to activate the same part of the brain uh it's basically like getting a rep in it your mind doesn't really tell the difference so it's a it's a great way to um you know get a few extra reps in if you don't have access to the ice uh you can even do it at home if you want to like you know I I tell kids when they're not confident about something, I just close your eyes, work through this situation and imagine yourself doing whatever you you fear. Imagine yourself doing it correctly and, and pulling it off. And it's funny because I've tried this before and, and the odd time I'll imagine myself messing it up. Right. And it's like, why why I'm, I'm in control. Why did I think that I would mess that? Right. So it actually is. And and just by going through and like, imagine yourself doing it successfully over and over and over, it can build confidence without actually having to be in that situation. So when you're actually in that situation, you have more confidence that's just been like, you know, generated from fake experience, I guess you could say. It's actually not even fake experience. There's studies that have literally proven what you just said. They did it with um, free throws. And they had three yep. groups. They had one, one group that didn't do anything. They had one group that actually shot free throws. And they had one group that did all purely visualization. And I can't remember how long the study was, but after the you know two months, three months, whatever it was, they had to do it for, like, let's say it was an hour every single day, whatever your group you were in. And the group that did nothing obviously got no better. And then the two groups, one that actually shot free throws and one that did it in their mind, they almost got identically, you know, the same amount better over the course of that time. And That's so- fun. I literally, like, I was not very skilled. I was not very good at hockey and I made it pretty far because like I got super into doing this stuff. It's something I have my guys do in the gym before we start every workout, we go over Mm -hmm. intention, eyes closed. And then we do 45 seconds to a minute of visualization. I'm going to start using the word dynamic imagery and something that for anybody listening, who's going to try this, something I was taught by a sports psychologist, like coach Jeremy said, every now and then you're going to see yourself fail. And you can't allow that. So immediately I tell my guys, right when you see that failure, yell stop in your head, see a stop sign. Mm-hmm. So like, say, you know, you're trying to pull off a toe drag around a D-man and you see yourself fail, bam, stop, yell it in your head. Now do it again and see yourself succeed. And if you mess up again, stop, do it again and keep doing whatever you're seeing yourself mess up on. Cause it's probably like you said, something that's hard for you to, t- to do on the ice or whatever you're, you know, uh, practicing visualization for and keep hammering it in your brain, see yourself doing it correctly over and over and over, and then immediately try and go load that pattern and go and do it on the ice. So I love that you said that. And anybody who's older, like Topher and I, you know, 36, 35 years old, uh, you can see this in the classic film, Cool Runnings. They do this in the bathtub before they go down their final run. They're in there tilting their heads, pretending that they're going down the, the bobsled track. So anybody who knows what I'm talking about, it's getting a good laugh right now. I, I love that you do that in the, uh, in the gym. That's like, you get the mental reps in and it's a great way to, it's another way to warm up and get you prepared. And not only is it going to probably help you execute better physically, but it's also going to prepare you mentally. And, and overall, it's just going to be a better session. I have, uh, one, I mean, I wouldn't put much scientific merit on my uh, small case study, but just like you said about the uh, free throws um, study, I was on the ice with uh, you know a bunch of like seven and eight year olds, and uh, the coach that I was on the ice with was ending the practice. Uh, they were all set up at like the 
uh, he, he set them out of, uh, up at bad angles from the net and basically said, each of you get to take a shot at the net and try to get it into the net. And he had them at like the rate of the far, like the side of the boards. They were little, some of them could barely even make it to the net from there. He said, if anyone scores, uh, you don't have to do a full lap of the ice, but whoever misses has to do a full lap of the ice. So I went over to one group while the other group was shooting. And I said, okay, guys, I want you to all imagine that you're taking that shot. Imagine you can see it going into the net, feel through that it's happening. And as these other kids on the other side were taking their shots, none of them got it in. There was zero. And then this side came over and I think it was about 10 kids and three or four of them made it in and a few of them got close and they were so pumped. So hopefully some of them took that, that message on. It could have been a complete coincidence. Like it was just one, one thing, but I, I, you know, I, I felt that it, it did work and it's a good thing just to, you know, if you can, it's one more uh, tool in the toolbox, tell the kids, you know, imagine yourself going through the drill first and it's a good little mental rep, good, easy warm up, and it's free. Anyone can do it. Love it. And then you progress to actually doing it. Right. Facts. <laughs> Perfect. And we love free. I love that it's free. Yeah, it's free. It's easy. Anyone can do it. It's something you do for free. Uh, I did. I did hear uh, a while back uh, Adam Nicholas saying that he was against the word progression. Is there? Is he? Is he back on the word progression or no? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm incorrect now. Might be. He probably created some word when he was like high on Dunkin' Donuts. Who knows? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> <Hate> progression. <laughs> <laughs> he was against it for a month and he's back. Yeah, okay, that's good. Could be. Could be. Well, we, we, yeah, our, we're going to have to get our mental reps going <laughs> just so we can remember. We've, we've, uh, we've forgotten everything that we've done before. <laughs> so, um, well, dude, this was, this was awesome, Jeremy. Thank you so much for taking some time to, uh, to come on the podcast and, and talk some hockey with us. You know, we, we talk about this all the time. We really have an appreciation for people that know the grind and have worked for what they got and to build what you have built that certainly came with a lot of time and effort and, and sweat equity. And, and so, um, we're just very appreciative of your time to, to come on here to, to talk about your love for the game and how you, how you get that in other people and how you give that away. And, and so, uh, for everybody that's listening, how to hockey.com, um, and go check out the pond as well. The pond is a great resource for, for anybody out there. So thank you so much for taking some time to, to speak with us here. And, uh, we look forward to seeing what you're doing next. No problem. I appreciate it. If there's anyone that's uh, listening, they want to join the pond. Uh, if you know, money's tight or anything like that, shoot me a, uh, a email and I can hook you up with a coupon code to get you in there and uh, learning how to play the best game in the world. You and Vex are kindred spirits. I love it. <laughs> All right. Discount codes everywhere, baby. You get a code. You get a code. Everybody gets a code. <laughs> All right. I, I want to make it as easy as possible for people to learn how to play, right? So that's that's some of the information I put out there. And, you know, it was almost a, a bit of a struggle for me to launch the pond because I'm like, well, I don't really want to charge people. I just want to do it for free. But um, you know, having that, obviously every business has to make money and it allows you to build, uh, to build up and, and invest back into it. So, um, I, I, I want to remove as many barriers as possible. And I know payment for some people is a barrier. So, uh, it's, it's not that much money. And, uh, if, if somebody really is struggling, but they, they need some help, I can, I can help them with the coupon code. That's all right. <laughs> Love it. Awesome. Well, good stuff, Jeremy. Thanks so much again. And, uh, we'll be talking to you at some point soon, hopefully. Thank you guys. Thanks for having me on. Thank you.